8. And uh, I, I don't have but about 20 minutes here, and I just I want to give you my heart for the conference, and uh, then I'm going to move out of the way, and uh, we'll let some, some other folks speak to us here in just a little bit. But Nehemiah chapter number 8 in your Bibles, and <clears throat> now this is a conference, but this is church, and so y'all just uh, loosen up, all right, a little bit, and worship the Lord today. And that's what I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about today, and again, just sort of give you my heart. Uh, for this meeting. Nehemiah chapter 8 in your Bibles. And uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we give you one, uh, an opportunity to stand, stretch your legs just for a moment. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 1, read down through verse number 12. And the Bible says, And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah and Sheman, Aniah, Urijah and Hilkiah and Messiah on his right hand. And on his left hand, Padaiah and Mishael, and Melchiah and Hashem and Hashpadana, Zechariah and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Also Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Shabbathai, Hodijah, Messiah, Kalida, Azariah, Jozabad, Hanan, Peleah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law. And the people stood in their place. So they read in the book of the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and to send portions and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. You may be seated this morning. Why does the Bible make such a huge, huge issue and go into so much intricate detail concerning the worship of the Hebrew people. We're reading out of the Old Testament this morning. You know that. Uh, and the Bible gives us not just a couple details, but the Bible actually gives us quite a few details concerning their worship. In fact, if you begin to study your, your Old Testament out, you'll find out that the very theme of the book of Exodus is basically God freeing his people so they'll, uh, so they'll have the opportunity to worship the Lord. If you move on to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus is practically an entire book that is set aside for one purpose. And that purpose is for directing Israel concerning their sacrificial worship. 
If you move to Psalms, which is the longest book of your Bible and deals almost exclusively with the subject of worship. We come to Nehemiah chapter 8 and Nehemiah chapter 8 seems to really focus in on the aspects of worship. The word worship is used in 18 Old Testament books. And the word worship is mentioned 40 times in the New Testament. And the worst word worship is mentioned at least 102 times throughout Scripture. Now, this is what I'm going to leave you. And I don't have a lot of time, but this is what I'm going to leave you with today. When you begin to study your Bible concerning this thing of worship, one of the main things that we learn about worship is that worship was always an event. It was always an event. You'll say, preacher, what are you talking about? Worship in the word of God was always a happening. It was always a purposeful celebration. The more I study my Bible, the more I understand that public worship was never something that just happened to happen. You'll never find that in the word of God. That is not the case. It was never seemingly just thrown apart at the last minute. Now, that may be how worship is done in a lot of churches today, but that's not how worship was done in the Word of God. In fact, I want to show you several things we see, five things we see here in our passage that we read today in Nehemiah chapter 8. Number one, we see planning. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 2. The Bible says, And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding. Look at this. Upon the first day of the seventh month. Listen, church, this was everything but accidental. This was a very purposeful service. It was planned on the first day of the seventh month. It was well thought out. It was well put together. Without a doubt, it was promoted because the Bible says that everybody came, at least all those that could hear with understanding. And so we see planning. Tell you something else. We see preparation. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 4. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah and Sheman and Aon, Uriah and Hilkiah, and Messiah on his right hand and on his left hand, Padeah and Mishael and Malchiah and Hashem and Hashbadana, Zechariah and Meshulim. You see where I'm going? Man, there was preparation that was put in on this. They prepared a pulpit or what we would call a platform for the service. There was the preparation of the people to help expound the scriptures. There was the preparation of leadership for future ministry. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 13. The Bible says, And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, under under, uh, Ezra the scribe. Look Look at this. Even to understand the words of the law. Now, church, I'm going somewhere with this. Worship was planned. Worship was prepared. And so we see planning. We see preparation. But look at this. We see people. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 5. The Bible says, And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. By the way, that passage we read eight times out of 12 verses, the Bible mentions the people, the people, the people. Now, I know there's a lot of churches, they say, you know what, we're not about numbers. We're not about numbers. Well, I'm going to tell you something. At Calvary, we are. Amen. 
By the way, not backing up on that, don't, not, not apologizing for it. We are for numbers. And I'll tell you why we're for numbers. Because every single number needs the word of God. And every single number needs the gospel. And every single number is another one that can worship our Savior and glorify the Savior. And so we see planning. We see preparation. We see people. But look at this. We see participation. Look in your Bibles, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number, verse number 6. The Bible says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Oh, yes, good neighbor. And all the people answered, Amen. Amen. With lifting up their hands, and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. We see planning. We see preparation. We see people. We see participation. Look at this. We see passion. Look at Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 3. And he read therein before the street, that was before the water gate, from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand. And the Bible says, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. You know what that tells me, church? These people were hungry for God's word. Man, they were hungry for the word. Not only that, but they were moved by the word. Look at verse number 9. And Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God. More not nor weep. Look at this. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the Lord. They were moved by the word of God. And I'll tell you something else. They were excited because they understood the word of God. Look at it in verse number 12. And all the people went their way to eat, to drink, and to send portions, and to make great mirth. Because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Now, here's my point. There was tons of work that went into this. This was not thrown together. This was not not last minute. This was not happenstance. This service didn't just happen to happen. The glory didn't just happen to show up. Brother, I'm telling you what, there was planning, there was prayer, there was preparation, there was people that were gathered together, there was participation. I'm telling you, man, worship, worship was huge. You say, preach, got any more illustrations? Too many to give you in 20 minutes. But at least take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to 2 Chronicles chapter number five. 2 Chronicles chapter number five and I shared this with our choir the other night. We were having choir practice, and, and, uh, and I thought I'd just throw this in there. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 5 in your Bibles, and, and look, if you will, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just look down at verse number 12. Second Chronicles 5, verse number 12. The Bible says also, now here they are, they're dedicating the house of the Lord. That's what's going on in this passage. I mean, they, 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 they've gathered together, there's been planning, there's been preparation, and they're, they are dedicating God's house. Verse number 12, also the Levites, which were, were, were the singers, all of them of Asaph, of Heman, of Judutin, with their sons and their brethren. Look at this church, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar. And with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. And it came even to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. That then, that then, not before, that then, when there was planning and preparation and passion, and people 
And there was something that was invested into this. The Bible says that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. Church, this was big. Man, this was a big deal. Did you notice this? All the singers were just the same. They were all arrayed in fine linen, the Bible says. All the singers were dressed the same. By the way, they were all standing at a designated spot. So for all those people to say, you know what? It don't matter. You make too big, it's too big of a deal. Not according to this book right here, I don't. You know why? Because this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Did you notice that there were 120 priests? Can you imagine? 120 priests that were playing 120 trumpets. Can you imagine what that sounded like? According to 1 Kings chapter 8, concerning this same story, 22,000 oxen were sacrificed in seven days and 120,000 sheep. What's your point, Brother Pope? My point is, this didn't just happen. This was huge. Man, this was, I mean, man, this was colossal. We see people in preparation and practice and participation and planning and passion. This was not just thrown together. This was a huge event. I said all that to say this. I believe God's dishonored greatly. When our worship is haphazard and accidental and unplanned, which seems to be the norm of the day. Now, I'm pretty sure there were a few who didn't come, and that's okay, by the way. And uh, not everybody can, listen, you can't make it to every meeting in North Carolina. There's no possibility of that. But I think there were a few maybe that didn't come because they were afraid I was going to get in their business. And, I'm gonna, and, and listen, I'm telling you something. I didn't, I didn't come here today to get in your business. And I didn't invite you here to get in your business. You see, whether your choir sings one song or five songs, that's none of my business. I'm not going to get in on that. Are you kidding me? You have, to, you, you have to pray and seek God's face and do what God tells you to do. And I'm not going to come in here and tell you to have one song or two songs or, or have a choir or not have a choir, whatever you want to do. Listen, if you don't want to take up a fiscal offering, we, we take up a fiscal offering at Calvary, but you don't have to. And I know some preachers don't. And if you want to put boxes at the back or, or, or whatever, listen, church, I'm telling you, I didn't come in here to get into your business. You do whatever God tells you to do. If you want to have Sunday school at 930 or 945 or 10 o'clock, or 10.30 or 11 o'clock or if you want to have preaching first and Sunday school I didn't come in here to tell you how to do your thing listen if you if you want to serve some refreshments before the service uh, and we do and you say I'm going to tell you one thing I would never do that okay okay I can't believe brother Pope you know serves a cup of coffee okay I mean listen we'll hash it out in eternity I guess But this is what I'm saying. I believe there's something bigger than that. We got to get past all those little trivial things and we got to come to the place where we realize something. This is big. It's big, man. This is big. Listen, this is the biggest thing that happens anytime. The house of God. Worship, worship. Oh, listen, I don't care how you do it. You say, preacher, I would never wear one of those uh, lavalier mics. Okay, all right. You say, pastor, I only use a hand. All right. Who cares? I mean, I... I don't care if you use a handheld or a lapel or I don't care if you don't use any mic at all. But this is what I'm saying. When you come to the house of God, make it big. Man, every single service ought to be huge. 
And there ought to be planning. And there ought to be prayer. And there ought to be preparation. And there ought to be people. And there ought to be passion. Passion. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about music services that aren't big. Now, don't, don't y'all, listen, don't y'all. The preaching will get better after this, all right? So just hang in there. It's all up, it's all, listen, it's all downhill from, it's, good, it's gonna be good. So don't, don't fall out first session, all right? I'm talking about music sessions that aren't big. I'm talking about music, music, you know, services that there's no planning. There's no preparation. And so, you know, we just, we don't even, we don't give it any forethought. We just show up on Sunday morning. We, we look for a songbook. We don't even know where the songbook is. We find a songbook and we say, we walk up to the, pul- the pulpit and we say, all right, church, take your songbooks and turn to 225 and let's all stand if you want to stand. Let's all stand and, and uh, let's sing 225 together and uh, we're going to sing 225 together. 225, 225 I'm sorry, what? You don't know 225. Oh, okay. Okay, let's find something else here. Listen, oh man, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, listen, I'm talking about, listen, this is big. Man, when you walk in, when you walk in this house, listen, this is the biggest thing. I'm telling you, man, hey, if you lead music in the church or, or you teach a Sunday school class in the church and you say, well, preacher, all I do, I just teach five little boys. Are you kidding me? You mean you're just teaching, what do you mean you're just teaching five little boys? You might be teaching the next pastor of this church. Man, it's big. It's big. You say, well, pastor, all I do is, you know, I just clean the bathrooms. I just run a dust mop. That's all I do. Hey, you're doing it for God. I'm telling you, this is huge. I'm talking about music services that aren't big. I'm talking about, I'm talking about messages that aren't big. Stand in front of our people and say, you know what, church, I didn't get a chance to study this week. And I don't even know what I'm going to preach today. Come on, fellas. Come on. You say, Pastor, I'm so busy. Listen, get you some men and let them do that stuff. But you walk with God. And get a message from the Lord. And when you walk in that pulpit on Sunday morning, oh, man, I'm telling you, when you walk into that pulpit on Sunday morning, you better be locked and loaded, ready to go. Man, you ought to be on fire when you walk in there. I mean, there ought to be a seed inside of you that's just burning to get out. And man, you can't wait to share it with your people. Why? Because this is huge. Worship is big. I'm talking about, I'm talking about music services that aren't big, messages that aren't big. I'm talking about maintenance that isn't big. You know, there's nothing worse than a dirty church. Messy dwellings, unclean, unorganized. I'm just telling you, there's nothing worse than walking, uh, than, than pulling into church. Weeds are growing up. Grass is not mowed. You say, well, Brother Pope, I don't have a man to mow our churchyard uh, church like you do. Well, and we've got some wonderful men who mow our churchyard. But I'm just going to tell you something. 
If that yard's not mowed, it's going to get mowed. You say, who's going to mow it? You looking at him. And if I have to mow with the lights on at midnight, it's going to get done. Are y'all listening to me? It's going to get done. I'm thankful for our maintenance team. And man, they do such a, uh, such a banner job in cleaning our auditorium and, and taking care of the restrooms and all those things. But I'm just telling you, oh, listen, fellas, we've got to make sure that when people roll into the house of God on Sunday morning, it's clean, it's arranged, it's ready, it's prepared, it's ready to go. Why? Because this is big. That's why. If God's business is the most important business in the whole world, it ought to be treated like it is. And it is. Why would we take a whole Saturday to do what we're doing? I'll tell you why. This is big. This is big. Worship ought to be an event. Alex Hopeville, the French historian, said it like this. I sought for the greatness and genius of America. In her commodious harbors and her ample rivers. And it was not there. In her fertile fields and boundless forests, and it was not there. In her rich mines and her vast world commerce, and it was not there. In her democratic congress and her matchless constitution, and it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits flame with righteousness that I understand the secret of her genius and power. America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, she will cease to be great. Hey, workers, we just brought you here today to tell you it's big. Whatever church you're a part of, in just a little while, when you turn around and go back to that church, oh, listen, man, walk into that ministry in the morning. And say, boys and girls, this is the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing that's going on right now. Man, if you run a bus route or serve in the youth or you serve with hospitality or, uh, or, uh, or you clean the church or, uh, or you preach in the nursing home or push wheelchairs in the nursing home or, or serve in the public school or whatever you do, man, next time you walk into your ministry, say, man, this is huge. This is big. God's business is the most important business in the whole world. Now we got to quit. And so worship was always an event. But listen to this. We're done. Listen to this. Because worship was an event, it was thoroughly enjoyed. So start in your Bible and start studying all the way through the Word of God and study worship. And you'll learn this because worship was an event. It was big. It was thoroughly enjoyed. Did you know that worship was never designed to be endured? Worship was designed to be enjoyed. Vance Havner said this, church often starts at 11 o'clock sharp and ends at 12 o'clock dull. <laughs> A lot of truth to that. You don't have to turn back there. I'll just read it for you. Nehemiah 8 verse 6, the Bible says, And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, amen, amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord. 
with their faces to the ground. Wow. I'm going to tell you something. On Sunday morning, we don't get up and have to go. On Sunday morning, we get to go. Man, what a joy. What a joy. We had a young couple that came in to visit with my wife and I. The other day, they'd been visiting our church. And they said, Preacher, we just been, they said, Preacher, we just been sort of holding back for a little bit. We wanted to see if this was really real. And I told them, I said, It's real. And I said, These people really love the Lord. And I said, My wife and I have been here 32 years. And I said, Every Sunday, it's a joy. Man, just to pull onto the property. Man. It's a joy. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for this time we've had together this morning. Lord, that's sort of the the thrust behind this conference. Ministry is big. It's big. Serving Christ is not just a thing. Serving Christ is the main thing. It's the main thing. Lord, I pray that you'll help us today to be encouraged to keep the main thing, the main thing. I am so thankful for these workers. Lord, I am in the presence of greatness today. I know that. I really am. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd help help them to rub off on me today. Thank you for their burden. Thank you for their ministry. Thank you for their passion. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint every speaker, every singer today. And I pray all that's done would lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, if you're a registered delegate, when you walked in here this morning, you should have received a little journal. And you should have received a book. Um, We just put out a, a new book not long ago on leadership. And it's very, very simple, but we just wanted to present that to you today as our gift, and we hope that uh, it'll, we hope it'll be a blessing to you. And so you should have received a little schedule as well, and it just basically gives us sort of a, the bullet points of how the day is going to go. And so the next thing on our schedule, of course, is breakfast. And so here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, we're going to say the blessing, and then we're going we're gonna to let you be dismissed. You can, uh, you can go through either one of these doors right here. It'll take you to the same breezeway. Or you can walk around the building. That'll be fine. You can go out these side doors. You won't be able to get back in them, but you can go out these side doors. And just go toward the rear of the building, and you'll see folks. They'll be there directing you on where to go. We're going to have two different entrances, and we have several different food stations set up. And we have a wonderful, wonderful breakfast prepared for you this morning. I'm pretty sure we got biscuits and gravy out there today. And so um, uh, that's, that's uh, amen. That's big. That's big. And uh, makes me big. Amen. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, so we'll, we'll, in just a moment, we'll dismiss you to breakfast. And then take a little while. We've got almost, an, we, almost a, not quite an hour, but almost an hour allotted for that. And, uh, and so get in line and enjoy breakfast. Enjoy fellowship with one another. And then we will make an announcement toward the end of breakfast. And uh, most of you will be coming back into the auditorium after breakfast. But then all the pastors and wives, and um, pastors and wives, missionaries, uh, full-time Christian servants, assistant pastors, um, youth pastors, 
um, uh, we're going to invite you to come down here to the Space Life Center. And so at the end of breakfast, our bus will be right here, and we'll just load up on the bus, and then it'll shuttle us right down, and we'll see you down at the Space Life Center uh, at, uh, at, 10, at 1050, okay? All right. And so my wife and I are going to be around here just for a little bit. If you have any questions, feel free to come and ask us. Our events team is in place right now. They're ready to direct you. And so anyway, we're delighted to have you. We're delighted to have you here today. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for a good first session. Lord, I pray you'll bless us all throughout the day today. Thank you for the food and the drink that's been prepared. And Lord, I pray that you'd help it to strengthen our bodies for serving you better. Give us a wonderful time of fellowship, which is uh, such an important part of this conference today. And I pray that we'll enjoy one another and encourage one another and lift each other up. And again, thank you for what you've provided for us. Give us a great day, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're dismissed. We'll see you back in just a little while.